Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, ClearCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates in our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Hello, hello, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Keller, and today we have Lisa with us to chat about mastering your federal resume. So she's a veteran and has her own YouTube channel, Easy Federal Resumes and More, where she shares information that will empower and support individuals' efforts to really get their foot in the door with the federal government. So she has incredible insights on creating a highly qualified federal resume, preparing for the security clearance process, and so much more. So Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm truly excited about this opportunity to speak to your members that you serve. Excellent. So I thought that we could start with you telling us a little bit about your experience as a veteran and what really motivated you to start Easy Federal Resumes. Well, my experience working with veterans and as a veteran, I was a local veterans employment representative here in my state where I serviced veterans coming um, directly out of the service as well as those veterans that had already been here in Pennsylvania. And working for the Department of Labor and Industry as the local veterans employment representative, it was my responsibility to ensure that our veterans were getting the preference that they desired with regards to their application for federal employment and pretty much any employment. Uh, because what's not realized is that veterans are underrepresented in the federal government. So my objective was to provide those services to better enable them to get, as you said, their foot in the door. Excellent. So what are the pros for joining the workforce as a federal employee? The greatest pro that I found as a federal employee, and let me back up by saying that after working for the Department of Labor, which is a state entity, I then myself, having after having success repeatedly, well, with my veterans, decided to, hey, it's about time I let the bell go off and put myself, put my own foot in the door. And that's how then I became employed with the federal government. And I'm working in the field of logistics. And from that, I can say the pros of uh, making that transition from state to federal, number one was the pay and the what I believe to be an unlimited ability to transition into any other field. The field I'm currently working in, as I said, is logistics, but I was coming from Veterans Employment Representative, which is more of a vocational rehabilitation. So crossing over through the intern program, aka the pathway program, enabled me to broaden my career and consequently increase my earnings substantially. Sure. And so at Clearance Jobs, we do like to talk about the pros and cons of federal work. ClearanceJobs.com, our partners include defense contractors and federal agencies. So would you say that there are any cons of federal work or just some things to think about? Absolutely. The biggest con I would think anyone would find coming into working with the federal government is the bureaucracy. I mean, you've never seen so much paperwork in all of your life. And even though I state that it's paperwork, it's actually all online. But the enormity of paperwork that you have to be able to not only work with, but comprehend so that you're sure that the impacts of what might be perceived to you as a small job, it's understood that it fits into a greater capacity of work. And when you're working for the Department of Defense, we like to perceive ourselves as working. Our customers are the war fighters, those men and women on the ships um, in this capacity being the Navy. So what I might do sits behind a desk or in a warehouse at times. I know that each aspect of my position works directly towards supporting the safety and the security of our armed personnel. 
Sure. And that that's a great thing to say to just really put it into perspective. You, you, you are a cog in the big wheel, but there, there is a greater mission that you're certainly serving. And it is the grinding of that paperwork that, that sometimes can feel frustrating, but it's all for a purpose. It truly, truly is. It really opens your eyes. So, and again, the, the con would be the bureaucracy of the paperwork, but once you get in there and you understand the necessity and what it really means and stands for, you, you work through it and you know it's to our betterment. Absolutely. So what about for those listening that maybe are not in the field, what would be your top tips for trying to join the federal workforce? Top tips for joining the federal workforce. One, patience. Absolutely, positively, you have to have patience and attention to detail. I can't stress that enough because a person in the civilian workforce, you're applying for jobs, you have that that one or two page resume and you think, hey, this is my niece, my nephew, my husband has, has looked it over, it's perfect, it's ideal. But when you're looking to work with the federal government, what you have to understand is those traditional systems and processes are no longer in place. And it's going to require, could be anywhere from hours to maybe even several days for you to get all the enormity of paperwork that's necessary. And having, putting in all that information is critical because one, it talks about who you are and your character because you're putting in all your information, knowledge, skills, and abilities. But at the same time, you're also following instructions. If it says uh, the devil is in a detail, well, be certain that it is because you need to read all the expectations to be sure that you've identified each and everything that go is necessary for you to meet the qualifications. Well, and a lot of the folks listening are certainly no strangers to paperwork. I mean, we'll get into clearances in a little bit, but the SF-86, certainly you have to follow all of those instructions and make, making sure that all of those details are, are noted there. So any other tips, maybe uh, since you are a veteran and you've worked with veterans extensively, if you're transitioning out of the military and you want to work in national security as a federal employee, what tips do you have there? The tip that I would have there is get straight back into it. The ability to go work into contracting is an excellent bridge, or it might be something that they might consider not just short-term, but long-term as well. But the ability to maintain your security clearance for that period after you come out of the service is critical. And while you're on that leave or while you're on that job search, and maybe you even determine that you can start a few weeks out or a few months out before you get out of the service and you're in the career planning process, I would absolutely, as you stated, gather all your paperwork together, the OF-306, any, your DD-214, your, your transcripts. Make sure you have all those documentations ready because they're really going to be helpful in your application process. But because you're coming from the service with a security clearance, my best advice would be to maintain it. And the most immediate way I would say to maintain it would be going into contracting and finding that position that allows you to readily transition or crosswalk, as they call it, um, into a position with the federal government or in contracting. Because there's no other way that I'm aware of that you can actually maintain your security clearance without working for the federal government directly or indirectly. So in terms of maintaining your clearance, it is really important because I know that I've spoken with so many people who wanted to take a break from this industry, which I understand that folks get burnt out, especially if you're serving in the military for a number of number of years. So any stories on how, how critical it really is to maintain that clearance and maybe veterans that you've worked with how it, they've had some trouble in the job search because they can't get that clearance back so easily. 
I certainly understand um, the need to take a break. But what I'm finding is that after a period of a month or two, and sometimes even faster than that, um, my veterans are coming out of the service and they want to not necessarily get back in uh, with their boots on, literally, but to actually just put their boots on the ground in a career field. So what they may have thought, it's that perception that you have coming out of the service. Oh, I'm overwhelmed. I need a break. I need a vacation. I need that that um, that that beach. And you know, you have that visual in your mind. But more often than not, we choose to go right back in, but not realizing that the the level of which or the capacity for which you're going to go back in working as a contractor or as a government employee is not the same as when we had the uniform on. So those um, mandates and those restrictions and those demands are not the same. And it's actually, I want to say it's, 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 it's a more freeing environment because not only do you have the ability to live where you want, you also have the ability to quite possibly define your own hours, whether you're working a flexible schedule, whether you're participating in family work-life activities, um, engaging with friends and building those relationships. So I think to take a more a more realistic approach would be to say, let me give myself a, a month or two and, and, and then consider looking at work. Not saying I'm going to take a year off because that year off or any more than five months or so may very well put you at risk long term in terms of your career endeavors and not being able to get that security clearance back. Um, some of the veterans that I see coming out, they do think that they can take that time and they do take it and have a, a very difficult time. Um, acquiring that uh, security clearance back because it's really not a fast process coming into the federal government to get that security clearance back. They still need to go through many, many, many of the loopholes that they had gone through before and didn't realize they did when they joined the service. It's It doesn't look the same at all. Sure. Yeah. And I, a lot of folks that I that I speak with, well, you know, I, I am clearable, and, and that's fantastic, you know, to list on your resume you, that you are clearable. You've previously held a clearance, but it, it still is a process and filling out that SF eighty six. But I mean, initially, just finding someone to sponsor you, which I feel like companies and you know, of course, with the federal government, you can go that way as well. I feel like they're more inclined to these days just because the talent pool is a, a bit smaller than it has been in recent decades. But speaking of listing things on your resume, what are some of your quick tips for federal resumes? I, I know that uh, with some recruiters, you know, at defense contractors, maybe they don't want to see a federal resume, but there are some benefits to having one. So what are those quick tips and what are maybe some things that people notoriously do wrong? A federal resume, as you well know, is nothing like a civilian resume. And I would, as you said, um, have the availability of a fully flushed out federal resume. Because suppose that a contractor doesn't necessarily need to have all the information, but you have it readily available. And if he or she says that you don't need all the information, well, then you can pick and choose or allow him to pick or choose what might be necessary in order to fulfill that contract expectations. So my um, suggestion on my channel is to use the resume builder. That way you're most assured that you're completing not only the profile information, but you're utilizing all the, as I say, the characters. Because if you take a notice, if you're, um, of course, you're not sitting right now in front of your computer, but for those listeners that will go back to and, and take a look at their computer, the usajobs.gov application process, you'll see that they provide ample space for you to type in. Well, little do you know that if you keep on typing, what you're going to be able to do is pretty much have a plethora of information. And I always recommend being concise 
fully describing your knowledge, skills, and abilities and paying attention that I said knowledge, skills, and abilities. So while you may not have uh, completed a hands-on skill set, do you have the ability to do it? Um, whether if you've learned it in, in school or training, or you've actually learned it on the job, but haven't had the opportunity to do it. Because sometimes those uh, soft skills and those hands-on skills might not be recognized by the veteran as valuable. And as I indicated, using myself as an example, I worked in social work um, as a veterans representative, but I work in logistics. Well, the reason why I was able to make that transition is because I wrote concise information that expanded upon all of my skill sets, management, administrative, supply, as well as personnel. And that's what was able to leverage me into a position. And because I paid attention to the details, I followed um, the instructions, I'd answered every question, and all my documentation was ready and uploaded. All of that can easily and be ready, readily utilized if you're looking for a position as a contractor as well. So better to have it than to not. That's my greatest tip. Mm-hmm. And really translating those skills. I mean, you're, you're a great example. And so any personal stories, whether it you know, be, a, be about you and your story or others that you can share on really what federal work can do for your career trajectory? Well, can't say it enough. Having worked with veterans uh, for several years with the Department of Labor, the office for which I worked was right in the heart of the city. And it, had, um, it was a typical one-stop shop. And at that facility, I was the only one. And being a veterans representative, I was only able to serve veterans. And because of that, I had veterans from all walks of life and all classes, some that were in homeless shelters, some that were um, coming out of the service, and some that had been working for a long time. And the stories that I can bring from those experiences were that they had the presumption that their veterans' preference would readily and easily allow them to transition into the service. They, quite frankly, thought as many veterans do, that I could easily and simply just go get that federal job. Well, it doesn't really work out like that. What is required is, as you've stated and I've stated, you have to do the work by completing all the information thoroughly and making sure that you follow up. So I have a phenomenal um, example and I have an unfortunate example. One of my veterans, as both walked in, said, I'm going to get this job. I worked in trucking for um, some 16 years and here there's a position in a warehouse and all I have to do is fill this out. So when it came time to putting in his qualifications, he simply put that I had been working a truck driver for 16 years and maybe it went beyond that sentence. Well, I have another veteran that had been actually at the time undergoing surgery for his eyes and he needed a position that would enable him to be considered Schedule A. He wanted to go in under a Schedule A and have direct placement. So he took the time based on his abilities to fill out the application in its totality but there was no no positions available in the area. So what he did is he expanded out his region to identify locations where he was willing to work, willing and able to work. Well, here it comes time for both of them to await over this period of months that I had a relationship with them. And what what, what happened was the truck driver found unqualified. Now, it isn't anything more unfortunate that you wanna see than a mature adult saying, why didn't I get this position? I have 16 years, the positions were open and now they're closed, why? But when we went back and looked at the information, he did not expand upon the wealth of information that he had, those knowledge, skills, and abilities. Well, over 16 years, well, he had a plethora of information that he could have written down, but didn't know how. So acquiring that support, which is what I hope to provide through my channel, 
is providing support to individuals to be able to know how much information they are able to pull to identify what are the skill sets and their strengths and, as I said, their abilities. With the example of my other gentleman, my other veteran, who was seeking outside of his area, he was able to acquire an entry-level position in Tennessee, for which for which he's immediately thereafter, weeks thereafter, was able to position himself to be able to transition to or relocate to that area. So um, those are two examples of two individual veterans who, with great assurance, believed that they would be quick to fall into a position, but it was not as quick and it was not as simple as they thought it would be. It does require work. The long story short for my other gentleman that missed that job opportunity, another one came around, not immediately, maybe some months later, maybe several months later, and he was able to be prepared, filled out the application and was successful. Great stories. And it is a great reminder that I feel like veterans are very modest in what they do and women as well. And I mean, women veterans, especially. And so really getting support when it comes asking for help, being willing to ask for that help, because like you said, the truck driver that didn't expand there, there were certainly a lot of skill sets there. He, he could probably have translated and gotten the job, but unfortunately was not successful. Yes. And when you ask me one of the reasons why I started uh, working in the field now on my own independently at Easy Federal Resumes and more is because of that experience, because there were so many um, individuals, veterans and and non-veterans who just didn't know how to pull the information together. And early in my career um, working in the field, I didn't know either. And that was a disservice that I felt as a provider. Um, So I emphasize the patience that is needed working with service persons Um, as providers, because I didn't know then either. I had to educate myself. And through educating myself, working hand in hand with veterans, that's how I was obtained, able to obtain the greatest success for them and inevitably for myself as well. Well, a lot of great insights, especially just minding the details and really taking a second before you submit a a piece of federal paperwork go through and make sure that you've completed it thoroughly. So Lisa, I really appreciate you joining me today. I just wanted to give us space for some closing thoughts. And I always ask veterans this, your favorite place that you were stationed while you were on active duty and why? My favorite place, I thought about that. And thank you for that question. I have to say, many will be surprised. I'm going to say no hope for Polk <laughs> in Louisiana. Um, it's, 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 an, it's a dreaded place because of where it's positioned. And I was there quite some time ago. However, it is what you make it. It is what you make it. And the reason why I reflect on Fort Polk as my favorite place is because that relationship that I forge with those other women that I serve with are still friends today. And, you know, so you may have immediate gratification by going someplace uh, beautiful and luxurious and, and um, exciting. But those relationships that you forge um, are lifelong lasting. My son is now serving in the United States Army as well. And that's the that's one of the best bits of wisdom that I could give him as he went off and started his career are the relationships that you make will last a lifetime. And I can say what came for me out of my experience at Fort Polk, Louisiana, um, was the relationships that I made and that I still have today some 20 plus years later. 
You know, and you are the first person that has said sort of a non-traditional answer to that question, but that's how lovely. It's really about the relationships, and I really appreciate you sharing that with us, Lisa. Those were some resume tips from Easy Federal Resumes and More. Be sure to go check out Lisa's YouTube channel if you want any other tips on building a federal resume, applying to federal jobs, or again, preparing for the security clearance process. But for more information on resume advice, career advice, and the security clearance process, you can visit news.clearancejobs.com.